Welcome to Gold with Jeanette Schneider, nuggets of inspiration for a bigger, badder, more purposeful life. Each week we share wisdom, insights, and gold from those living their best lives. After 23 years in finance and a fancy SVP title, I retired at the age of 41 to advocate for women and girls in life, love, the boardroom, and the marketplace. Now the CEO of my own media company, my goal is to change the world for my daughter and her friends. My first book, Lore, Harnessing Your Past to Create Your Future, dropped this fall and is based on what women wish they would have known when they were girls. This is purposeful content, big conversations, and a safe place for us to share our gold and our dreams for the future. This week's episode is with Dr. Melanie Ross Mills, life strategist, relationship and friendship expert, and licensed temperament therapist. I am so thrilled that Dr. Mel was in Las Vegas so that we could sit down face to face and talk relationships in all of their forms partners, family, or friends. We dug deep into conflict and intimacy, hashed out the difference between emotional vulnerability versus emotional availability, and talked love, significance, and security. Dr. Mel shared her thoughts on relationships where one partner is growing and the other is not, and we agreed purposeful relationships are where it's at. Dr. Mel is also the host of the Life Bonds iTunes podcast, author Life Bonds books, The Friendship Bond, The Identity Bond, and The Couples Bond, and Life Bonds workshops. She has partnered with companies like Clinique and Bank of America and is described as Fox News Radio's go-to relationship expert. The one thing I love most about Dr. Mel is that she has an infectious outlook on love and life and delivers it up with such grace. I know you will love this episode. Let's dig in. I want to thank you for being here for my first ever recorded podcast. And I'm so super excited because you are here in Las Vegas with me in person. We've only ever talked on the phone, so welcome. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I'm honored to be here. We met a few months ago through a mutual friend on the phone and through emails. And uh, our friend Dennis put us together because of the fact that we have both written books out there in the world for Mm -hmm. people around areas that are um, very aligned. I wanted to kind of sit down with you and talk to you about not only what advice you would give your younger self, but also about relationships because that's what you primarily focus on. So I would love to dig in. When I asked you to take a look at your younger self, Mm -hmm. what age, what does she look like? I love this question because it really causes you to pause and think about where you are today and what you've overcome Mm -hmm. and even what you might still struggle with. And the first thing that came to mind is that I have a friend that says we can be lousy sources of truth for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And if I had known that when I was a teenager, I think it would have changed some things because there were many things that I would think that were truth that were not truth Mm -hmm. and things that I wouldn't embrace as truth that were truth Mm -hmm. about me. And so that's the first thing that came to mind was thinking that that younger teenager if she just knew that not everything she thought was accurate about herself, mm-hmm. things what, could have changed. What messaging do you think that you would want to look at that, that younger self and say, hey, this about you, this isn't right? One thing that I thought about is I had, and I still have to pay attention to the sphere of rejection. Mm. And so when I got a wrong look, from someone or I wasn't included in something, Mm -hmm. I almost would want to throw the baby out with the bathwater and walk away, turn the other direction in order to protect myself. And so I feel like I probably missed out on some really wonderful opportunities with friendships, Mm -hmm. relationships, 
um, that I could have had had I not and just had that almost knee-jerk conditioned response that I would be rejected mm-hmm. by one slight look. It could be a small thing, which and, wasn't the truth. And I think it's fascinating, too, that your work ended up being around relationships and friendships, and you have the, the Bond series, the Life Bond series and podcast, where you talk specifically about the importance of relationships and people coming together. So that's fascinating to mm-hmm. me that when you look at your younger self, and in so many areas I see people when they when they do their life's work it has something to do with their own messaging or their own troubles absolutely yeah which is why we we are blessed with struggles and hardships they're meant to be used Mm -hmm. they're not fun and they stink but they're meant to be purposed to be recycled for the better and the good and the the growth and the healing Mm -hmm. and the helping if you could look back at your early years, your childhood possibly, what do you think kind of gave you this uh, ingrained impression that rejection came so easily to you? Was there a messaging from your parents? Was it from the culture or the religion around you? What were those initial messages? I think for me, I call them props. I think I found a way to prop myself up, whether it was what I was wearing, who I was hanging out with, what social club I was chairing, what I, cheerleading, if I made cheerleading, Mm -hmm. all these props would validate my worth Mm. or so I thought. And so for me, I think having parents get divorced at at a very young age caused me to look for other ways to fill in these gaps, Mm -hmm. to make me feel like I was wanted. Not that my parents didn't make me feel wanted, but division in that, in our family caused me to kind of go outside instead of having that family unit to depend on as a whole. Mm -hmm. I was trying to fill in the gaps and I used temporary props to do that. At what point in time did you recognize what you were doing and was that the catalyst to your life's work? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, One catalyst was conflict Mm -hmm. and friendship. And I found myself reverting back to depending on these temporary props to make myself feel secure. Mm -hmm. I really had to examine where my worth came from. And I thought I had a pretty strong self-worth, but really what it was was a false Mm self-confidence because it was based on these temporary things. So I kept having to find the next thing to chair or the next mental uh, prop to say, you know, well, I have this, so I'm okay. If that makes sense. It absolutely makes sense because you're looking for external approval rather than kind of digging in internally and saying, Mm -hmm. I'm pretty amazing. I'm worthy. I have all of these really great things. And I did read one of your books, The Couple's Bond. I specifically was interested in that. Um, And I I mentioned uh, to Dr. Mel before we got started, um, I typically have not dealt with issues of conflict or intimacy um, publicly. Mm-hmm. I don't talk about my relationships um, after my divorce five years ago. And it was fascinating to me because as I was writing my book, which Dr. Mel so lovingly blurbed and... Um, I'm honored. Yeah, her, her name is on the front of the book. Um, but as I was writing my book, the one chapter that my agent came back and said, hey, everything is really strong, but this one chapter that you write about relationships, it's super weak. Yes. And I had to dig into my own impressions and understanding of conflict and intimacy mm-hmm. in order to kind of fill out that chapter. Mm-hmm. And it was hilarious because shortly after I started writing it, I found a wonderful man who I am currently um, with. 
And it was hilarious because he came into my life and I literally like handed him the chapter and I'm like, here's the roadmap because this is clearly how I feel about it. Um, But I'm curious from you, when you look at, um, when you were writing uh, that book, how, how was that, how did that correlate with your own life and your own experiences with conflict and intimacy and how you were able to overcome your concerns about rejection? Well, when I think of intimacy, the first word that comes to mind is just vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And it is, I, I don't know anyone that says, oh, I can't wait to be vulnerable. I cannot <laughs> right. wait for everybody right. to judge every word um, and to be open for hurt mm-hmm. and rejection. And so I feel like for me, because I did the same thing when I started writing my first book because I started writing and the person that read it was saying, you have to talk about yourself. Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah. I don't want to talk about myself. I want to use just examples of other people. And they said, no, 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 no. People want to know the author. Yeah. They want to know you. And so I had to totally shift gears and start writing about me, which couldn't make you more vulnerable. Absolutely. Oh, and so for me, the conflict of the intimacy part is the vulnerability part. And then also just the emotional availability. So conflict, conflict resolution, addressing conflict, we automatically step into a spot where we are emotionally vulnerable and we need to be emotionally available. And A, not everyone has the tools to do that. So if I address conflict with person A, and they're not equipped to address it in a way that's healthy. And so they respond out of anger. They get defensive. That's not very, I'm not excited about addressing conflict with that person. So person B might be mature enough to handle, this is what we need to chat about, or this is what's going on. And that's a little easier to approach. But if I'm also someone that is afraid of rejection, mm-hmm. then addressing conflict isn't easy. However, the more I grow and the more secure I become and embrace my worth, the more I feel like addressing conflict really has resulted in positive growth moving forward, even if that moving forward means that relationship changes. Right. And isn't the same. And on paper, it might not look great. But as a whole, it's been a good process to learn from and grow from. I was going to ask specifically about that. What do you do in a situation where one person is growing and kind of doing the work and the other person isn't? And I've, I've, it's fascinating, the letters I received from women um, that submitted for the book or, or provided some type of survey or interview, and they all talked about this. No one woman wrote a letter that was like, my relationship is great. It seems like relationships are where we do our deepest work, and sometimes that deep work means the fracturing of said relationship and finding your worth and yourself in that and being willing at times to call it. What advice would you give to those women who they're doing the work and maybe their partner's just not coming to the table yet? So that's a loaded question. (laughs) First of all, life is about relationship, Mm -hmm. period, the end. No matter what you're doing, you're going about your day. We are meant to be connected with people. Not everyone. So not everyone is safe. So, you know, the situation, it depends. Are you married? Is it a situation where you want to work on your marriage and some people might need to step up to the plate and really do what it takes to become partnered with their spouse in new ways? Mm -hmm. 
so I'm not advocating walking away if just this person's not willing to work on it right this second. Absolutely. So I have, however, in friendships, for example, seen where they really are frozen in Mm -hmm. a piece of ice and they're stuck in this block of ice and they don't want to move. And I'm moving. So we're not meant to go forward together. And two, really can't walk together unless they agree to do so. So it really does take, and I've had to move, and I mentioned in my friendship book about compartments. Mm -hmm. And so I've had to move a certain friend to another compartment where we're not as close because I'm ready to go forward. And I want that space to be opened up in my life for the person that is going forward. So we only have so much time. We only have so much energy. That's I, I really like that. I want to talk about that a little bit as well because I also we talk about friendships in in some of the love letters women have provided. Um, there's a huge, a lot of themes bubble up, right? And mm-hmm. one of them has been the deselection of friendships or the compartmentalizing or recognizing certain boundaries. Um, and talk a little bit about that when you talk about the compartments and you talk about friendships specifically, um, because I know a, a lot of women said you know, trim the fat or make sure your circle is tight. Make sure it's the ones who are happy for you, who when you have something um, that you're excited about and you have achieved, mm-hmm. they are celebrating you mm-hmm. and spurring you forward rather than old stories of jealousy and competition, which I, I personally believe is one of the issues that women have is we have almost been programmed to compete with one another for jobs, for men, for status, for whatever, um, in this kind of subconscious patriarchal environment that we're in. And I would love to bust through that where we look at a woman across the table and say, I don't want to be your competitor. I want to root for you. And there's, I think you mentioned this even before we started interviewing, there's room at the table for everyone. Absolutely. So if you could share your thoughts on that. Absolutely. There's not a limited resource amount of, of anything really. Right. And so if we like change our perspective to, we feel like there's this scarcity. So we have this scarcity mentality. Mm-hmm. And if we switch it to where there's an abundance, really everything changes. Our security changes, our fear changes, everything shifts from that fear-based response to really an abundance mm-hmm. because I believe that there is. So, and what you're saying about the friendships also pertains to relationships. So if I'm in relationship or friendship with someone that is not having my best interest in mind, I need to look at why I'm staying there. Mm -hmm. Why am I choosing to be with this person that isn't building me up? And they are constantly looking for reasons to shoot down my promotion or not celebrate in this victory that is a hard way to live and you don't have to live that way but we have to be incredibly purposeful about who we place around us Mm -hmm. and i love you are that woman and you are modeling that for other women and we need that in the world Mm -hmm. men and women teenagers every age we need them in the sandbox we need those kids that are in the sandbox including everyone not pushing them out so Back to answering your question, I think identifying with discernment and wisdom who's safe mm-hmm. and who's not safe. If people are talking about other people around you, then yes, they're talking about you when you're not there, right. whether we want to admit it or not. We need to look at who shows up, who really does show up when they say they're going to be there, mm-hmm. who we make time for the people that matter. So who makes time for me 
Some people are better at phone conversations, maybe not in person. And I've learned this also. I thought everyone loved the same way. And so we don't. So pay attention to the way people love you mm-hmm. and recognize that. For some people, it looks like showing up in a crisis and being there at the hospital, the first person, where someone else might be the person that's on the backside planning the meals. And because they don't show up at the hospital initially doesn't mean they're not caring and loving you. On the other side of the coin, I think paying attention to the critics, the the people that avoid and can't handle communicating when there's conflict or coming to you when they have an issue and just kind of hide under the rug they're not always the safest people to be close with Mm -hmm. because they do build up this bitterness and resentment from the even the smallest infractions and you have no idea then maybe they explode and you're like what is going on I had no idea that was like five years ago are you kidding me why didn't we address that before so just looking for the people that might not be the safest to be within like residing in our hearts every day to where we're giving so much of ourselves to those that aren't really capable of handling our hearts with care. I love the way you put that, uh, residing in our hearts and handling our hearts with care because I truly believe in purposeful relationships. Mm -hmm. And what I've learned through my own trial error and damaged friendships relationships, right, that's how we learn, is that it's, it's when we're afraid to kind of, hey, I need to talk about something. Mm-hmm. Hey, something is bothering me. Because a lot of times what you'll find is like you understand each other completely differently. Or yes. you caught a tone that has nothing to do with you. Absolutely. And I, you know, I have really um, incorporated that in my my friendships and in my relationship. So that the moment something just kind of feels weird or I feel like it's it's not there. Hey, are we okay? Yeah. Do you want to grab coffee? Let's reconnect. There was a time where I was I was being the bad friend. I had a, a girlfriend who I adore, and it just felt like everything possible that could go right in life was happening to her at the exact same moment that I was in this stagnant place. And I didn't even say anything. Yeah. She could see it on my face. Mm-hmm. Whenever she'd be like, oh, this happened and this happened, and I'm like, that's great. And one day she looked <laughs> Good at me. Good for you. But one day she just looked at me and she's like, I see you. Be happy for me. Wow. And I, I was like, that. oh, thank you. You know, she reset me and I said, this is about me. I'm sad right now because I'm not supposed to be where I, I'm not where I feel like I'm supposed to be. But I love you and I'm so proud of you and I'm so happy for you. This is my own stuff. And she said, thank you for saying that out loud. Yeah. Right. And it was like one of those moments. It literally took a minute. Yes. To have this, hey, get back in line kind of moment. Yes. But I appreciated her friendship because she called me out. I agree. And that was one of those things where we could have been bitter and she could have been annoyed with me and I could have continued to feel resentful. And instead she called me out and I recognized my own bad behavior. And I think that's another thing. Recognize your own bad behavior, right? Well, as you're sitting here saying this, I'm thinking about a time where I remember I was pulling out of a parking lot and I was thinking about my girlfriend and I thought, am I jealous of her? Mm-hmm. Am I happy? Because I'm not a jealous person in nature, but I was like, oh my goodness, that's what this feeling is right now, is I'm feeling jealousy of her. And I was, then I had to figure out what it was. Right. Because I love my life. I love my family. Like, I really love my life. So what is it about her that I was feeling jealous of? And I figured out there was this depth of security that she had at this time that I wanted. It was mm-hmm. nothing tangible. It was so fine-tuned that I had to really dig down to figure out what it was. So even these checks that we have to go, 
wait, why am I feeling off? Most of the time it is about us, by the way. Right. And it isn't about them. Mm -hmm. Like what you're, I love that your friend was recognizing this in you before you even recognized it. Right. That is a good friend. Yeah. That is a loving friend. It's hard to be close to people that are passive aggressive, avoiders. It's challenging. Absolutely. And I think too, you know, you talk about recognizing the feeling and kind of being able to voice it and wonder if it doesn't start with you. And that's, it's kind of funny. So I'm, I'm, I'm raising a little girl, mm-hmm. right? And so she'll come home and she has very big feelings. And she's just <laughs> I love like how her you mom. Worded that. Yeah, very big feelings. <laughs> and um, and what I tell her because she even says, "Mommy, I have all these feelings. I'm so sensitive." <laughs> and I was like, "Baby, I know, oh. but you're going to be so blessed in life yes. because when you learn how to harness them and understand them, mm-hmm. you're going to be a very good friend. Mm-hmm. You're going to be a very good employee, employer, leader because you're going to be able to tap in to feelings and know what they are and process them." And she's not quite sure she believes me yet, but... She'll get there. Yeah, but she can say, Mommy, today I'm feeling jealous. I love this. Today I'm feeling, and I'm like, and I'll even say, thank you. I'm so proud of you for naming the word. Absolutely. Because now we can talk about it. Because if you're feeling jealous, what is it that you feel like you don't have? Yes. Right? And let's talk through that. Because this little person on the other side of it didn't wear something that you like to hurt you. Right. That's and so right. we're trying to create this oh, so good. awareness of, okay, so if I'm feeling a feeling, I, I'm curious if you have any advice for people because a lot of times we don't, we just, we don't take a second, a pause mm-hmm. to look at the feeling and be like, is this mine? What advice would you give? Well, like, of course, self awareness, which is such a overused word, I think, right now. Sure. But when we really think about what that means, it is paying attention to. Whatever that is that's going on within me. Mm-hmm. So for me, I really sat in my car because I, I want to be that in tune with, I, I, I want everything to kind of be flowing as much as it can in a good way because that's how I'm going to respond to everybody else. Right. So for me, I have to really pay attention to it so that I'm fully present the best way I can be. Mm-hmm. So if we come in with that, really not just mindset, but that agenda about our day is I want to be in keeping with being as supportive and loving and just being this love vessel as much as I can be today and whatever is getting in the way which would be these negative feelings that are doing me no good sitting there right so when I can pull it out and look at it then I can change it in a way that serves really the world around me mm-hmm. And benefits me in a positive way. So for my jealousy, recognizing that, I actually went to my friend and I said, okay, you have no idea that I've been going through this at all, but I want you to know because I actually want to ask for your forgiveness. And she was like, what are you talking about? You don't need to ask for my forgiveness. I was like, I really do for me. Really, it isn't about you. And this is how I've been feeling. And I think it's important you to, for you to know this about me as well. So even that is such a beautiful bonding experience for her to see we're all just human. Yeah. And we all wrestle with flesh and normal feelings of every emotion. So recognize them. We all we need love, significance, and security. Those are our three basic needs, every person on the planet. So if we're conscious of being I want to be that person that helps promote and pour into people's love, Mm -hmm. significance, and security. So if I have jealousy and bitterness going on, that is a blocking 
me being able to do that. So just being aware of what's blocking me from being the person I really want to be, giving out what I really want to give out. You'll see it. Yeah, and I love what you just said about being the person I really want to be because one of the things um, that in my current relationship, you know, my boyfriend has shared with me, I get to be the man that I want to be with you. And I think it's because we – That's the best. Well, we came to each other and said, here are the things that are important to me in a relationship, Mm -hmm. and let's continue to talk about our relationship. Mm -hmm. It's not – you know, yeah, you have the days where it's like, okay, homework, kids, school, I've got a meeting, you have this, how are we going to see each other today? Um, But then we actually take the time to say, how are you feeling about things? Are you good? And we both will say, I don't feel like I'm connected with you right now because we're so caught up in in the day-to-day. And so I very strongly feel that we have to have purposeful relationships Yes, where we are recognizing the humanity in the other person and having those check-ins because all we just we just want to be loved. We just want to be cared for. That's it. <laughs> Period. The, it's not right. that complicated. And we make it so complicated. Yeah. So the girl that wore the outfit that the daughter's jealous of, mm-hmm. she just wants to be loved. Right. And then we blame that person for whatever it is. And really, they have the same basic needs we do. Right. And when we look at every, everybody puts their pants on the same way, mm-hmm. it's really kind of freeing to look at everybody as... We just all have this. Uh, we're not that different. Yeah, I I'm curious. Talking about specifically friendships, when you're talking about um, bonding with with friends, do you have these purposeful conversations with them about Am I supporting you right now? Is there? Do you kind of reach out and connect with them and say, Hey, I'm going. And here's another question too, because I face this, so I'm curious what you think. I am. I'm, I'm busy, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I have I those friends who love me and know that if they don't hear from me, I still love them. And yes. if they need me, I will be there in a hot yes, second. Yes. But then you have those people who are like, what? they'll check in with you and be like, hey, what's going on with us? And there's never anything going on. Mm-hmm. It's just my priorities or my, my attention has shifted. Yes. What, what advice do you give? Especially if they're used to you having all the time mm-hmm. in a previous season. So... Okay, I don't. This, I'm just gonna be honest. Okay, high maintenance friends. I just um um I I I. They're they're hard for me. Yeah, and so I can't. My high maintenance friends are um. I just I'm running out of steam, mm-hmm. and so really I need this reciprocated exchange. The older I get, I'm really young right now, but the older I get. <laughs> I love it. The less bandwidth I have. Sure. And so I come from being a person that was always a listener, and I love helping. I really love helping. And so a lot of my friendships, no offense to any friends that hear this right now, I'm not talking about you, uh, but some of my friendships were Mm one-sided. And so it would be the phone call of where it was taking, 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 and then I'd hang up. I love helping. So I get filled up to some degree by helping but I realized I'm so heavy on the takers. I need to start really being purposeful and intentional about putting mentors in my life, putting women in my life that are pouring into me. Mm-hmm. Even my peers' friendships where they're in healthy spots to where I'm gleaning from them equally as much, if not more, than the way it used to be. So sometimes it's hard with I, – I'm calling on my high-maintenance friends where – they're needing the constant validation that everything's okay. There's nothing wrong with checking in. And right. I, I love that they care enough to check in. 
which is fabulous. But I also need you to understand that the season I'm in isn't where I was before. I don't have five hours a day to go on a walk. I'm kidding. But do you know what I'm I saying? I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. I have these other things that I'm being Pulled. sent out to do. Right. And I want to do. And I'm enjoying it. I'm not going anywhere. I love you. I'm still here for you. Mm-hmm. I think having that conversation is so important. But I also think there are those friends that we have to make the time for. And I'm really being very intentional about those being the reciprocated ones. Because mm-hmm. I need them for my steam. And they need them for their steam. And it really is this iron sharpening iron. Yesterday morning, I had a conversation sitting in my hotel room yesterday afternoon with my girlfriend. And it's such a raw heart-to-heart conversation. And she texted me and she said, okay, I really needed that for this. And I needed it too. So we have to make time for the people that are important to us. But I do feel like we have to be very um, cognizant of who those people are in certain seasons so that it's reciprocated and we're not just pouring out and people aren't just pouring into us because we just call because we have a problem. Right. And I think it's, I like that you talk about seasons because I think Mm -hmm. that's a lot of times what it is that you have these seasons of your life where different things change Mm -hmm. and shift. And I've had to have some very straight conversations where I'm like, my life looks different now. Uh, Yes. And so, you know, it's not that there's no love there. Mm -hmm. It's just my focus has changed Mm -hmm. and it's, you feel that, right? You just, you feel that. Um, I'm curious when, you know, with the whole love letters, um, project that I've I've had with all of these letters I've received from women talking about relationships and things like that um they sometimes talk about um jealousy amongst women and having the appropriate conversations and more specifically with family members because mm. family members like you can look at a friendship and say hey friend I love you however and I've had to have a couple of these conversations where you're like you know you're not always happy for me when something good happens and that makes me feel bad. And so I don't want to be around someone where I feel bad a lot of the time or I have to mute myself. So I just think we need to take a pause and maybe if you, you know, look into why I make you feel a certain way where you're going to judge me, question me, whatever. And then if it's really something that has to do with me, maybe our, our time has passed and or maybe it's something that you're not feeling heard or you're not feeling seen or you're unhappy with your career or your relationship and I'm triggering you, but I'm just going to ask you for the sake of our friendship, will you do a little bit of work? Yeah. Well, that's great when it's a, a friend because if, if they leave your life, it's almost like you can say, Bless. Mm-hmm. Bless and release, as yeah. my friend Amy says. Bless and release. I uh-huh. like that. DNA is a weird, funky thing. There's something about... Feeling stuck? Oh, Just kidding. Lord have mercy. <laughs> but there's something about DNA. When, you're, when, you, when you share cells and blood and all of that stuff, um, someone can be terrible for you. Mm-hmm. But we deal with such feelings of guilt mm-hmm. when we kind of... What are your thoughts on those conversations or how to take care of yourself when you're experiencing issues with family members? Mm-hmm. I think I think it's interesting because you are, they're your family. Right. So they're not going anywhere. And I feel like for me, A, putting myself in that person's position has helped because I've tried to understand certain family members why they are the way they are and why they're responding the way that they're responding has helped me not judge them. It's helped me give them grace. It's also helped me learn my uh, certain lines that I just, 
I actually had, I'm switching, kind of switching gears, but I had a family member recently say, you're not responding the way you used to. Hmm. All of a sudden, you're like all into boundaries. <laughs> I'm like, well, it's not all of a sudden, but you're noticing it now because you're trying to manipulate. And, and you're bumping up against them. To get what you want. Right. And so I'm not playing the game anymore mm-hmm. because I don't need to. And before I felt like I needed to. And so it's hard when we start playing a different record than what they're used to us playing all our lives. And so, but being aware of the fact that, okay, we're the ones really changing the game and they are having to adjust to it. So us being patient actually with them adjusting, not taking that response personally mm-hmm. and understanding this is why they were saying that. So almost, and I like what you said, giving them grace, like mm-hmm. giving them the space to start recognizing that you're going to be interacting with them differently. And I, I wrote about this in, in my book and it was kind of, there are people who will bump up against those boundaries and say things like, you've changed, you are a different person, don't forget where you came from. Absolutely. And it's almost like you have to kind of send them a little prayer, a little grace, like you said, yeah, and just yeah. be like, here are some some limitations. And I've been very frank Mm-hmm. but loving, right? Mm-hmm. Pleasantly mm-hmm. direct is, I think, the word that my boss used to use about mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. And I would say, <laughs> here's here's why, and here's the way I love you, mm-hmm. and here's the way things are going to go going forward, or the way I'm going to interact with you. Yes. Um, and they kind of get it. And a right. lot of times, what I've noticed is they'll also ask some questions right. about how they can right. maybe be better, or what are you hearing, or things like that. So hopefully that's it will be that kind of exchange. Right. And I mean, cross your fingers. You're always going to have your difficult relationships. But I think that's one of the things that I've noticed is, um, like you said, relationships are huge. It's a big part of our life. It's it's where we learn. It's where right. we grow. Right. And a lot of times you have these old ties to old familial bonds and ways of relating. So when you get better. Yes. And healthier. Healthier. When mm-hmm. you get healthier, mm-hmm. they're going to notice the shift as well. They will. And I think, too, having that conversation like what you were mentioning is saying, I'm growing, I'm learning, I am I'm might be changing a little bit, mm-hmm. but it's good. And I don't want you to feel threatened. I'm not going anywhere. I'm still me. Even if my belief system isn't the same belief system that you wanted me to have growing up. I mean, it's much easier said than done. Oh, for sure. So when our children come to us and tell us this, hopefully we will be equally as understanding. Mm-hmm. But also just having the conversation where I'd love for you to go on this journey with me if you're interested. But I'm still me. I still love you just the same. It's all, it's, this is a good thing. And so this, when I started going through school, I really started changing some of the ways I was doing things because learning so much. Mm-hmm. And it, it's not always easy for everybody. I didn't call back instantly like I used to. It wasn't, like I changed a lot of things that I did. Yeah. And so the conversation, I think, helps disarm yeah, and prepares in a way that might not if we didn't. It's so funny. There's a, a woman that wrote, um, and I quoted her in the book. Her name's Jessica Lee Lyons, and she said, um, conflict drives relationships deeper. Mm-hmm. And I loved that because what I'm learning through this, having to learn it because I've been forced to mm-hmm. really wrap my arms and my head around conflict and intimacy – um, is talking means so much. And talking from your heart, right? Yes. Not walking in with an agenda. Yes. And how am absolutely. I going to mess with the ways they've, they're used to dealing or talk to them in a way. But speaking from the heart, you're like truthfully, oh. um, I have seen 
so much change and I, I, I don't want to live any other way anymore right right you, right, you want right. to walk in and be able to speak plainly and directly mm-hmm. and lovingly mm-hmm. and give the other person the space to react in whatever way they need to I agree yeah. and I think too just coming I'm not trying to convince you of anything mm-hmm. I think many times someone comes in and says these things and they want you know, it's like starting with I'm not trying to change your mind like I'm just sharing where I'm coming from mm-hmm. so you know me better right and again, Period. seeing the humanity in one another, just absolutely face to face, eye to eye, looking at each other and saying, "This is a human being with her own needs, wants, desires," and and giving them the respect. And trying yeah. to understand too, I think where they are coming from mm-hmm. and what they've been through. I mean, that's yes, a large theme in my life is just I want to understand where family members are coming from. Mm-hmm. I don't want to change. I just, I want to know more Yeah, about them. And you don't need to put them in a box. You can give them their Absolutely. space to be who they are and have their experiences. And uh, some things they might not even recognize mm-hmm. that they've been through. And so I have to be patient. It's so funny that you say that. So my mother is um, a character in my book. Um, and I had, you know, I shared with her, I, I in order for me to write about mm-hmm. relationships in raising girls, I had to provide some context. Yeah. So I sent her the book, and she's read it. And um, she sent me an email, and I knew that there had been some bad things that had happened in her past. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know that she – I don't think she did it as a reason to excuse any behaviors, but she actually sent me an email highlighting some things that happened um, in her life, severe child abuse and sexual violence. And it's, it's, it was one of those moments where you're like, I ended a cycle and thank you for telling me, mm-hmm. you know, thank you for telling me, like I had questions about, you know, why I didn't feel chosen by you. Um, why, you know, certain things that she had issues with addiction and alcoholic alcoholism. Um, but seeing that and recognizing sometimes the frame of mind of the person, especially the person that raised you. Absolutely. And that was, you know, supposed to be a parent figure. Yeah. And, and it wasn't, I'm now 41, and now I know mm-hmm. some of her experiences. Yes. You know, and you're kind of like, okay, I can take a step back and look at you with grace and with love. Absolutely. And say, I'm not angry with you anymore. Yeah. I um, accept that you've had some really bad experiences and unfortunately it took until I'm an adult to understand that in some of the ugliness, you actually shielded me from some of the stuff that came before me. Yes, absolutely. It's it's amazing how just being vulnerable and open Mm -hmm. will allow some of those conversations to happen. And there's so many women listening to exactly what you just said and they're shaking their heads saying that was my life too. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have these expectations of what your parents should look like, and you mm-hmm. don't know the storyline behind them. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you, because I know that we're going to, to kind of press up against time. Um, one thing I ask everyone, if you could look at any woman or girl today and heart to heart share with her something that you really would want her to know, anyone listening, what would you say? I think I would probably – want to say that I know I keep going about just that there I know I'm changing my tune but this I think I would say when you're choosing who you're spending time with pick the kind and loving people you might probably be drawn to the natural born leaders that don't understand their giftings that come out bossy 
in the fun bus because it's glitzy and shiny. But if you could redirect to pick the people that are kind first Mm -hmm. and then fill in the gap with the fun bus. The shiny people. And the shiny people instead of the opposite. As young people, I think it's easy to want to choose the shiny people first Mm -hmm. because they're the shiniest. Yeah. But I'd pick the kind people first because in the end, those are the ones that end up being the shiniest. I love that. And it reminds me of an interview I did with Shelley Wilford where she talked about um, Mary, the, the kind man. Yes. And she, yes. she laughs because she would think of that man originally as being boring. Yes. And yes. she would pick the leader, the loud one, the, the most charismatic, and it created a pattern in her life Um with narcissism, yeah. with narcissistic partners. Yeah. And she's like, marry the good guy. Yes. And so it's funny how we find these things out much later in life. <laughs> and that's why yes. I love I love the whole premise of this is women kind of coming together and sharing generationally the things they wish they would have known um, for younger women or for girls. Um, you know, they say you have to like hit your head against the wall yourself for you to have the lesson. Right. But I think there's such beauty in generational messaging mm-hmm. and kind of – stripping away all of the glitz and glam and making it less bullet point and like look life can be difficult yeah it's hard to have you know strong beautiful relationships without tools yes there absolutely so if you know we can impress upon the next generation i agree i think that what a much hopeful but more hopeful place we could live absolutely. in. absolutely absolutely love it is there anything else that you would want to share that we haven't touched on I just think living life being drawn to healthy people can be a total game changer. I know that sounds very intellectual. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they spur you onto the better parts of yourself. Mm -hmm. And um, I I will tell you that as I started to move into this project, my friendships shifted. Mm -hmm. And the women that I now consider my closest girl tribe and the relationships I choose um, are people who are thrilled for me, happy for me, have suggestions for me, want to introduce me to other people, will tell me when I'm misbehaving. Love that. Rather than, you know, I, no one has ever, I, I had friendships before where it's like we talked about lip gloss and our eyebrows. Yes. You know, and I don't have that anymore. I'm right. like, I have, I have bigger fish to fry. Yes. So. Yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> But yes. this has been absolutely wonderful. I'm Thank so glad you that you're here in person. Me. Yes. Yes, so fun. I think it's going to be, um, it's it's so lovely that you can be here in person. And thank you for taking the time and sharing some of your thoughts. Thank and you for having me. I appreciate it. You're awesome. Oh, thank you. Yay. Thank you so much for listening today. I just love Dr. Mel and everything she stands for and shares. I believe wholeheartedly in purposeful relationships and our responsibility in creating our best lives. I cover this topic along with forgiveness, messaging, and purposeful girl talk in my book, Lore, Harnessing Your Past to Create Your Future. It's available now on Amazon and barnesandnoble.com. You can also find me on Instagram at ms.janetteschneider or Twitter at msjwrites. Again, thank you so much for listening today, and please don't forget to subscribe and share with your girlfriends. Have a great one.